This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. that has not been here. We've been doing a series in the month of September called I Love My Church. Now we've already, the first one was we are citizens of the kingdom. Number two, we are members of God's family. Now you can get all of these on the podcast. You can listen to those. And today is we are God's house. So next Sunday will be the final one for the I Love My Church series. But think about that. I love my church. You know, now, Pastor, I believe it was in the first one, he talked about some, though. But for some people, you know, that hasn't really been true. Some have had a bad experience in church. So I'm hoping that through this series, and I really want you to go back and listen to these, you know, that you're going to get a better revelation and get a better experience about your church. Because remember, first the church is you and me, and then we come to a house. We come to the house of God, but we're the church. But you've got to get a better picture. Amen. So Father, I just thank you right now. I ask you, Father, to help me to, Father, to say your words, God, that they'll hear your heart, God, that they'll hear your words, God, that seeds will be planted down in their hearts today, God. I thank you for eyes to be opened, God, that they'll see and experience that the love of you and the love of your church, God, in a so much better, better way, and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name, amen. So think about that. That should be plain enough when we say, I love my church. And when you're a believer, and to just clarify, because I never like to assume that everybody understands or knows what a believer is or a Christian is. But if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord as your life, it's as simple as saying, Jesus, come into my life, be the Lord of my life, take over my life, and I'm going to follow you. It's as simple as that. And once you've done that, you don't have to wander anymore. We don't have to be strangers anymore. That we are in this kingdom of faith, which is now your home country. We're in this together. This is our home. But you don't have to be the outsider looking in. We're believers together. We're Christians together. You belong here. I belong here. We belong here together. But this is our home. And you know, God is building a home, but guess what? It takes all of us. It's not just one. It's not an I here and an I there, like Pastor talked in the earlier service. It's we. It's us. See, we do this thing together. It ain't just about me and it's not just about you, see, but together we're better. Because, see, there's things that you're gifted and talented at that I'm not. There's people that you're going to cross paths with that I never will. So that's why God needs all of us when he's building his family. But listen, it's not just a building. It's first you and me. It's us. We're the church. Then we come to a physical building so we can hear and experience the things of God. But we are the church. You know, he used the apostles and the prophets to build the foundation. And now he's using you and me. 
fitting us in every brick, brick by brick, by brick, by stone, by stone. But remember, Christ Jesus is our cornerstone. But see, it takes all of us together because we can't build this house, like I said, with just one brick or two bricks. It takes all of us together. And you know, when each brick and each stone is just a little bit different, has a little different color, has a different little shape, it has a different little place. But guess what? When we get to laying them and God gets setting them in, guess what? It all comes together. It's all fitted perfectly together, even though we're all uniquely different in our own ways. But isn't that the awesomeness of God and his church that we're all supposed to come together, but then we all fit together? See, because I can't do it without you and you can't do it without me. And of course, we can't do it without him. But I just think that's so awesome how he just fits us all together, but he's the cornerstone that holds us together. Because see, remember, without God being the center, without him being the very center of everything we are and everything we do, we can't stay together. That's why so many churches fall apart. That's why so many Christians are falling falling apart, because it started off with God is the center, but then all of a sudden he seemed to get pushed back in the back seat. And all of a sudden, you know, we got our ideas. We've got our plans. Well, they said this and they said that and we can do this and we don't need to do that and we don't need to be all that. And the next thing we know, we're way off here and God's way back there. But see, he's got to stay front and center to keep us together and to keep the church, the family of God together. We see it taking shape day after day because this is a process. Until Jesus comes, it's, gonna, it's a process. Okay, every day we're all striving to be better, to do better. The church is starting. Look, there's no perfect church because as soon as you and I walk in, it just became imperfect. Uh-oh. But that's all right because, see, together we're better. See, it's not about what you can't do and what I can't do. It's about what we can do together with God our father in charge, but it takes shape day by day, you know, a holy temple that's built by God. We got to let him do the building and then we follow him. Let's look up Ephesians two nineteen through 22 and in the message Bible we're, uh, and the rest of the scriptures, I'm just going to kind of read off, but this is one I wanted us to look at together. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here and what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. But guess what? Now he's using you. He's fitting us in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We can see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Now, see, I had read that twice because, see, sometimes you need to see it. 
You needed to see that that's what God says. That's not what I'm trying to make up or trying to, to, to pretend this just sounds good, so let's just say it. This is in God's Word, okay? So if you need that scripture reference, Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, that is in the message. But I'm going to tell you, see, God is doing a thing. He's doing a thing in you and me and in His house because we are God's house, now, over in Hebrews 3, 6, we won't go there, but Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ, you've got to get the revelation that you are the house of God, that Jesus lives inside of you, that we are the temple, that what we do is for him. See, then you won't get all caught up in your feelings being hurt every other day. You won't be caught up being offended, you know, every other week and getting mad and then you get glad and then you get sad and then you get mad and glad and sad. God would, God would like for us to stay on an even kill here. And how we can do that is when we trust him and then we give everybody else over to him. Amen. See? We're not trying to fix you. You're not going to try to fix us. We're just going to give each other over to God. And guess what? Oh, man, that seems to be the perfect, perfect recipe. Many of you know that bake, see, when you bake, there are some things you have to do right. You know, there's a difference in cooking different meals, but when you're baking some things like certain cakes and pies, and there are certain things you can't play around with. There's some ingredients you got to have, okay? So it's the same thing in the house of God. See, there are certain ingredients, and that means we follow God, His Word, and then we just come in here and we do Daddy's business. We declare with our hearts that we're going to serve Father. It's not about what they can do for me, the rewards you're going to get, how many stars you're going to get on your name, how many times I'm going to call you up here and recognize you, and how many times people are going to pat us on the back. It's about, God, I'm doing this unto you. I'm serving you. But there's rewards for those who serve. When we refer to God's house, we usually are speaking of the church building. But remember, the Bible says that we are the church. We are God's house. What do you call the house that you live in? Your home. See? Your home. We are God's home. See, sometimes people think I'm doing something or I'm getting away with something. But remember, God knows all things. So let's just quit trying to fool one another because we ain't fooling each other and we're not fooling God. Let's just go ahead and... Let God be God in us and through us. And when you mess up or you see your neighbor mess up, let's pray one for another and lift each other up. It's time that the body of Christ, the family of God, comes along and says, Here, let me help you along this time. Well, let me pray for you, okay, instead of praying about you to others and everybody else. See, that's a nice little Christianese little thing, term. We go to one another and say, hey, let me tell you about my brother and sister. We need to pray for them. Well, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, you needed to pray for them in private, not needing to go tell everybody else what you heard or you over, you know, seen or they came and told you. Let's go to God. Let's respect God And when we have respect for him and his house, we'll learn to respect each other more. 
And to get off the thing of thinking that everybody's perfect and the first time they mess up, that's my excuse to get out of church. Well, see, I tried church. I've tried it. But, man, I'll tell you, there's a bunch of hypocrites over there. Well, we've probably all been there and done that. Let's just go ahead and serve God, serve one another, and see, and all that other stuff will get to where, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Everybody messes up. Look, you got people in your family, okay? Some you have to love as a distance. Some you can love closer. We've all got them, right? But guess what? They're still family. It's the same thing in God's house. The perception, if you come in here and thinking that you've got, that everybody's perfect, then you're already on the road to failure. Because guess what? We're still humans, But we are believers, so we do have some added tools that have been given to us by God that should help us to do this a little bit better. And so when we do mess up, we can say, you know what, I'm sorry. Uh, Forgive me if I said something to you wrong or if I offended you or, you know what, I realized the other day, I think I walked by everybody and didn't say nothing. And I asked you just to forgive me. I, I was dealing with some stuff and I didn't even speak. And I just wanted to say I'm sorry because you might have took that personally. Let's put ourselves in the other person's shoes sometimes too. When somebody does walk by you and they didn't say nothing, didn't give you eye contact, let's not get all up in a tizzy. Oh, my God, well, look at them. Who do they think they are? Let's first thing we should say is, you know what? I wonder what they were going through. They must be going through something. That's why they did that. You know what? God help them right now. I'm going to just pray for them. God touch them. Whatever's going on in their life. God, you know, and if they're still here, run up and give them a big old hug. I'm telling you, we got to change our mentality. We wonder why they don't want to come in here. Okay? We wonder why they don't want to come up in the house up in the house of God because we don't act any different. We ain't looking any different. We ain't talking any different. And I'm not talking about going around and quoting scriptures. I'm talking about going and showing some love, honestly caring for people. Do you know what the world is looking for? The real thing, the God thing, not the perfect thing, the real thing. Somebody that will just love them. Somebody that honestly cares when they say, you know what, I'm praying for you. That you honestly go and pray. When you say, I'm going to call you and come pick you up for church, that you really do do that. Or you follow up. I don't care if they've told you no 20 times. Guess what? It might be 21 when they say, yes, I want to go. Let's begin to change us. And guess what? Things out here will get a whole lot better. See, sometimes the reason we ain't got no joy is because we ain't got no joy. The reason we ain't got no friends is because we don't find ourselves friendly. You know, we're always judging everybody else, but we forget, guess what? Maybe I just need to focus on me. And the more we'll focus on me, then guess what? God will start changing all this. Guess what? Next time somebody walks by you, they could thumb you in the air like that, and you'll just go, you know what, Lord, just bless them. Bless them. They must be going through something. Just, you know, begin to just see them with the eyes of God. Begin to hear with the ears of God. Begin to just start seeing things the way God sees you and sees them. And quit looking for the perfect. And God said, I'll bring you the hungry. I'll bring you the hurting. I'll bring you the broken. I'll bring you the downtrodden. But see, he ain't going to bring them to you if you're not going to take care of them. If we ain't going to show some love, 
Or we ain't going to care if they look better than us or if they're driving something nicer than us or they're dirty or they smell or they, you know, whatever. We got to say, God, you sent them here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. But you got to find out what your purpose is. Love God and then love. Love them. Love them all. The good, the bad, the ugly, the dirty. Amen. But we got to first love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And if you don't love yourself, then see, you've got to get a revelation. God loves you. God loves you. He loves us, but he needs us to do this together because I'm telling you, there are times that are coming that people need. They need to know they got a safe place first in a person and then in the house of God to go to, to run to a safe place. So remember, first we're talking about us as the house of God. Then we come into a physical building to do and to worship and to experience the things of God so we can get equipped, not just to keep it for yourself, just for your four and no more, but it's to go out there and give it away. Do you know that even in the, in the, you know, in the natural, when you sow a seed, something comes up? Well, see how much more God put, that's all from God. God designed all that. He said, you go sow a seed, go sow love, go sow prayer, go sow. And when you do, I'm telling you, they will come. When you go out there and tell of, tell of the goodness of God, that attracts people. That's like a magnet. They're going to be like, hey, man, why, why even in the, when stuff's going on, you act like, you know, everything's all right. I know everything ain't all right. And then all you got to do is just say, but God, that's all I can say. I just trust in God. I'm just trusting God. We are God's home. In 2 Corinthians and chapter 6 and 16, it tells us, I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. The church is God's address. The church is God's dwelling place. Wherever the church is, God is there. But first, he's in you and me. So you don't have to wait to get to church to hear what God is saying. Every day you wake up, you begin to say, God, thank you for talking to me today. Thank you for opening my eyes up. Thank you for letting me hear what you have to say to me. Thank you for making me sensitive to others' needs. Thank you for sending people across my path that all I may say is God loves you. All I may say is, hi, how are you today? God, send them across my path and I'll invite them to your house. Wherever the church is, which is you and me first, God is there. His presence, his power, his provision is already in us. What are we looking for? If God lives in us, he's already been found. He's already provided. Everything we'll ever need, want, or desire has been put inside of us. But God just says, go give it away. Release it. That's why it's so important for us to be a light in your job, in your community, in your family, where you live. You know, uh, in Alexander City, all the surrounding areas, to the state, no matter where you go, let people see there's something different. And sometimes you don't even need to open your mouth. The presence and the power of God should be so alive that people don't even understand, but they just think something's different about them. 
But it's important we go spread the news. See, because the more you tell of what God's doing in your life, guess what? They're going to say, hey, where is it that you said you go to church? And that's an open door. An open door. But see, you got to go tell in order for people to, to want that. You know, we have several campuses all over, and we're not stopping. Our most newest one is going to be in Nashville. Amen? Because we've got to go spread the word. And, you know, even here in Alexander City, we're touching nations around the world. Right from here. See? Where we can't go physically, we're sending others that can. Lives are being changed and touched. But it takes you and me together to do this. God cares for his house. You know, that even in the natural, whether you rent or whether you own, you know, you're responsible for taking care of your stuff. And especially in ownership, you know, you are going to be the one that if something breaks, if you can't fix it, you'll have to hire somebody. But, you know, in ownership, you can't just let the water just come pouring out of the sink and just sit there and go, well, you need to fix yourself. (laughs) Sink. You need to fix yourself. No, you're either going to have to get up and do it, but if you're not a fix-it-all man or you don't have a man to fix it all, you're going to have to call somebody to come fix it. But that's your responsibility to take care of your stuff, you know, to take care of your home. Do you know that all the promises of God belong to us, the church, you and me, and then corporately together? All the promises. There's individual promises, but then there's promises that God has made to the body when we come together corporately for believing for things that we come together. But we activate them. Listen, activation's a good word. You know, it's just like when you get a new little ATM or a debit card. It'll stay on there. In order to activate this, you're either going to have to call the number or, I believe, go use it. Okay? If you don't, guess what? It ain't no good to you. But it sits right there. And it can sit right there and sit right there. But guess what? If you don't do the steps to activate it, then it's no good to you. Even though you know you've got money in your account, you're not going to be able to get it if you don't activate it first. How much more in the word of God? He's given you everything we need, spiritually, physically, and financially. But God said there's some things you've got to do to activate it in your life, to activate it in my in your life. You've got to activate it by faith, by love, not just for us, though. Remember, this is all for others. Around here, we believe there's people for our life. See, it's not just about you, and it's not just about me. And, and around here, we also, we tell our people, we've given them a charge. Don't pray about your stuff. Don't pray about your problems. Pray for others. And in the praying for others, God will take care of you. See, because when we get it off of me, and we get off about all of us, guess what? There also becomes a release and an activation, because now you're not caught all up in me. We're caught up in him and those that God has called us to. And we begin to pray for others. Pray one for another. And I'm telling you, you'll see some activation power begin to be in release in your life and in your trouble. And things you've got problems with will change just like that when you get the activation released. Amen? And we got to come to the place that, listen, you know, now Pastor and I have said this in our marriage. 
you know, uh, we just celebrated 39 years married. But you know what? We always have said, had said, because the devil would try to get us, especially before we ever got saved, you know, well, you did this and I did that and that's your fault and that's your fault and we wouldn't be in the problem we're in if you hadn't done that. And, you know, we all know where all that goes, right? And finally, the Lord spoke and gave us this revelation. He said, you got to come to a place, one, that we keep quit living in the past, okay? The past is the past. Let's just get out of it, okay? Because as long as you stay there, guess what? You ain't going to go anywhere up here. You can't step into the future and into God's better if you're still living back there. So let it go, okay? Uh, get your ladder, climb up over it, get over it, whatever you got to do, just get over it, okay? And move on. Because if not, you're going to stay stuck. Just get up. And then quit making your list so that every time you get in a fight, well, let me tell you about number 12. You did number 12 again. You said you were never going to do that again. And look, you did it again. Rip that up. Throw it away. I'm telling you, I'm going to give you some freedom here and some peace. You don't have to keep remembering what they did. Just pray. Pray. Sometimes it's better to shut your mouth and pray. Now, that was all free. That wasn't even part of the message, but apparently somebody needed to hear that. But listen, if we can get it off of us and quit thinking about it, and listen, because together we win together. This is what Pastor and I say. This is our motto. We win together and we lose together. So whether he made a bad choice or I made a bad choice and now we got to maybe walk it out, guess what? Together we win together. And we lose together. So that means when the times are good, we're happy together. When the times get bad, we're not blaming one another. We're in this together. This is about us, okay? If only one made the mess up, but the two of us are going to come together, and with God, it's going to make it better. Because, see, then you're better. Same thing in the house of God. We win together. We lose together. When you're down, we'll pick you up. When we fall down, you're going to come pick us up. You make a mistake, we're going to love you and pray for you. Amen? We got to, when one hurts, we all hurt. When one's happy, we should all be rejoiced. See, around here, we believe that when, see, somebody comes in and testifies, I got a new job, I got a raise, I got a promotion, instead of you sitting over there going, what about me? My God, they just came in here. Well, didn't they just get saved? I've been saved for 15 years, and I've been waiting for that to happen. didn't happen to me. Oh, my God. Well, just keep on waiting another 15 then, because it probably ain't going to happen. Instead of around here, we believe when somebody says, I got a raise, I got a job, or God just got me a brand new house, God just got me a car, God healed my body, we get up and we say, me too, me too, hallelujah, me too, I'm going to get up in the me too line, we're happy for you, we're going to bless you, we're so excited because me too, get up in there and get up in there, me too. When one hurts, when one is in need, we all come together. Because that's what family does. When you hurt, I hurt. When you're happy, we're happy. We're in this together. That's what family does. That's what God's family should be doing. Our responses together were better. No member should ever, ever feel alone, no matter what you're going through. You ain't got to tell us everything. God already has said, pray one for another. Lift them up. Hold them. Love them. But together, we're better. So don't ever hold your, down when you're go- your head down when you're going through something. Because guess what? Everybody's been there. 
you know, we'll come around you. But just remember then when, when, when you're up, there's going to be somebody else that's going to need you to come around and pray for them. But this is about family. God protects his house. You know, in Isaiah 59, 19, it talks about when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him and put him to flight. For he will come like a rushing stream with the breath of the Lord drives. Now, that's over in the Amplified. But I'm going to tell you something. What he does is when we come in and we, when the enemy tries to attack individually, or corporately, there needs to be a stirring that comes up on the inside and says, Oh no, you ain't crossing this line with me. You ain't crossing this line with them. We're family and you ain't touching nothing here. We are the children of the living God and together we're better. There's a strength that comes on when the people stand arm and arm because see, when we're together and arm and arm, I'm telling you, there ain't no devil in hell that can break through the chain. But when you stand alone, the enemy's easy to come and knock you over. But when we all lock arms together, there ain't no devil that can get through that barrier. Why do you think the fight for the church is on so hard? Because he knows, the enemy knows, there's a power first in coming under God and coming together and getting united and saying, look, we may not be perfect. We may not always agree on every little thing, but we love God and we choose to love one another. And our goal is to see people come in this house, get saved every week, get healed, get made whole, be restored. But see, when together, when we lock arms together, I'm telling you, see, there's a strength that comes. There's a wall that's built, honey, that I'm telling you that there ain't no devil in hell that can knock it down. He looks, though, see, for those that go off by themselves. That's why it's dangerous to not be connected, to not be in the house, to not be planted. You can't live in a five-gallon bucket because after a while you're going to get root round, you're going to dry up and die. You've got to get in the house. You've got to get planted so your roots can go down deep, so you can be that big old oak tree planted by the river of life. But I'm going to tell you, when one of you pray, but I'm going to tell you, when we come together, there ain't no chance that the devil can win. No chance. No chance. Because we send out an army of angels, see, when we're together. It multiplies when we come together, honey. But guess what? We got to say a thing. We got to say God's word. And not what everybody else is trying to get us to say. Getting in that strife and division. No, we're the people of God. We're the family of God. We're the house of God. Through the good and through the bad. We win together and we lose together. But we're together no matter what. Through the centuries, many have tried to destroy the church. Yet it still stands. Now listen, I'm going to tell you this story real quick. Now just think about how God works. Amen. Uh, Voltaire, a French philosopher and an atheist, hated the church and the Bible. He stated that within 100 years of his death that the church would no longer exist on planet Earth. 
Now, after his death, his home was in Geneva, Switzerland, which was purchased by Geneva Bible Society for the purpose of distributing Bibles. (laughs) Isn't God good? Now, just think about that. See, the very thing that was meant to destroy and to stop the church ended up becoming a vessel of spreading the word of God. It's just almost, you just know, it just had to be God. Just had to be God. So no matter what the enemy has done to try to stop, guess what? The church has to stand, which is you and me. We got to stand up and say, no, no, devil. You're not having any place here, and you're not having any place in my family. This is our church to reach the gospel, reach our cities, reach the nations of the world, and we got to do it from right here, so we got to get in here and be strong together. The church has and will always outlast the kingdoms of darkness and the armies and the assaults and all the threats and the calamities and the disasters that try to come against us if we'll stand together. you got to lock arms together and say, no, we're in this to win. Remember, the church is not protected by man or by governments, but it's protected by God Almighty himself. And there ain't nothing on this planet Earth as secure as the church if we'll stand together. But see, you and I have to do a part. See, it's important that you do your part. It's important that you're here. Don't never think, well, I can go once a month and it's, that's all I need. No, we need you here every time. Others need you here every time. See, there's a work that's got to be done and we can't do it by ourselves. We need an army. You got to come join the army. You got to sign up. And decide, I'm doing this for God. Whether I feel comfortable, whether I want to, whether I want to get myself up out of bed. You don't understand, I work hard all week. Then you want me to come and work in the house? Uh, You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for him. And remember though, see, he gives out benefits that we can't give. He gives out rewards and blessings that, honey, ain't no man could ever give you beyond now listen we got to go quick here god provides for his house he provides for his people so that they can provide for daddy's house see god takes care of us so that we can take care of his house because his house does need to be taken care of amen so when we tend to daddy's business god said i'll make sure all your stuff gets taken care of you make sure if i need an air conditioner if we need new carpet or if we need a new building you make sure and take care of my house god said i'll make sure and build your house and just write it down baby i'll build it he'll pay for it or whatever god said tend to my business and i'll be sure and tend to all yours because god provides for his people to take care of his house. He needs you and I to care for his house, to cut the grass, cut the bushes, clean the inside, and respect and make sure everything is nice because when people come in, we want them to go, wow, that's a nice place. That smelled good in there. The grounds looked good. It didn't look like a jungle or the, the trees were so overgrown I couldn't walk down the walkway. See, little things that people look at in the world, we want to make sure when they come to God's house that God's house is represented well. And you go, but I got so much to do in my own place. I ain't got enough money to fix this and fix my water and put, put my new carpet in and I don't have this and I don't have, but God says, tend to my house and I'll make sure that your house gets tended to. God has put in each of us gifts and talents and abilities not to hold up selfishly, 
but to give out, to release, to use. He gave them to you and I for a greater purpose, more than making money, more than having some titles behind our names, more than being on a list or, you know, uh, being recognized. No, he gave them so that we could sow them into his work so that people's lives could come into the kingdom of God. That's why you have things in you that God has gifted you to use to touch others' lives. It's all about people for our lives. So let's take care of God's house. Let's serve and honor God when we serve in the house of God. Remember, you're not doing it for people. You're doing it for him. And when we get out of that mentality that I'm doing this to God, let me tell you, I guarantee you things will get kicked up a notch. I bet your excellence will come a little bit more because you're not looking at you're doing it for me or you're doing it for because Leanne asked you or because Joe asked you or whatever. No, you say, oh, man, God asked me to do that? Then I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Let's honor God, and in honoring God, we'll honor his house. Let's care for his house because then he'll make sure that we're taken care of spiritually, physically, and financially above and beyond your dreams. We've only scratched the surface of the amazing blessings that God has for us and wants to give us when we become part of God's house. When we come in here and say, you know what, God, we're in this together. I'm going to get in your house. I'm going to get planted. I'm going to get busy. I'm telling you, there's blessings that begin activated in your life when you come and get planted and begin to serve. There'll be an activation that begins to happen. Let's get servanthood, a spirit of servanthood, because servanthood brings the blessing. Just as there is no limit to God, there's no limit in what he wants to do in us and through us and what he can do for you. The only limitation is the limits that we put on God. You've got to start saying no more limitations and no more restrictions in my life or in the house of God anymore in Jesus' name. Begin to say, I don't have limits because I serve a limitless God. There's nothing that he cannot and will not do. Just as there's no limit to God, there's no limit to what God can do in you and for us. There's no limit what he wants to do through you and what he wants to do through this church, your house, your home, right here, God's house, what he wants to do through us right here. It's unbelievable, I'm telling you. You know, it tells a story about, you know, Elisha was such a man of God, so powerful, so full of God, so full of him, walked him, ate him, breathed him. But let me tell you, even after he was dead, okay, his soldiers, there was a a fight going on or whatever, and then one of their men had died. So real quick, they were in a hurry. They didn't have time to do no bear. They just threw him in where Elisha had been buried in dead bones. Think about this, dead bones, okay? And the man jumped up. Stood up and came alive. He lived. He was dead. He was dead. They threw him on some dead bones. But them bones were full of the power of the living God. Think about that. My God, we're walking around alive. And if something landed on us, it'd probably just knock us down. They'd get up and go, oh, no, how much more? We're alive. We need to act like we got some power living on the inside of us. My God, we've got God living on the inside of us, a limitless God, a healing God, a powerful God, a oh, 
that same power lives on the inside of you and I. And we got to start acting like it. We got to start experiencing this thing. Believing it and expecting it. That same power is in us. And it's in this house. But it's got to be released. It's got to be activated. You know how it gets activated? Because somebody believes and then expects it to happen. Somebody believes and expects it to happen. And guess what? That'll spread like wildfire. It just takes one of you just to get a little bit of stir. And I tell you all the time, I believe that people are going to come in here in wheelchairs and go out walking. They're going to come in here blind and go out seeing. They're going to come in here deaf and go out here. And they're going to come in here lame and go out walking. I believe I've had dreams of limbs growing out on people. I've had dreams of organs that people didn't have. New kidneys, new hearts, whatever it's. I'm telling you. But we just got to believe it. And expect it. Don't look at me all crazy. This is what God said. God said you would do greater things in the church. We should be doing greater things. And all it takes is for one just to believe it. Then start saying it. And I'm going to tell you when it starts really getting all up inside of you. So you ain't going to be able to hold it back. You ain't going to be able to hold it back. When you go, go to visit somebody in the hospital and all of a sudden people are running out of their room going, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what happened, but I'm all better now, I'm all better. They're, they ain't even going to know what's going to happen. They're just going to know. Something just happened because there's people getting up out of their beds in here. When they go to that church over there, they went in there didn't have a job. Now all of a sudden they got a job. They went in there all messed up and bound on drugs and alcohol. And then all of a sudden, they start going to church over there. They've been set free. They went over there, man. They were a mess. They ain't never been happy. They've never had peace. And all of a sudden, they go over there. Man, they're filled with the peace of God. Filled with the joy of God. They got some power in their lives. Before they went over there, they hated everybody. Now, all of a sudden, they love everybody. That's what they need to be hearing. Because the power lives on the inside of you and me. We're going to close. Pastor Ron's going to come. I'm telling you, we need to stand up and realize the power of the living God is living on the inside of you and me. And you and me are the church. We are the living church. And then when we come in here, we need to act like the church. Act like the family of God. Overlook our differences. Overlook. Remember those stones and those bricks that are laid in the foundation. None of them are exactly the same. Different colors, different shapes, different tones. But somehow, with the miracle of God, God builds and makes them all perfectly fit. See, that's where we got to see ourselves as a church. We come in here and together, we're all different. We all have issues. We all have had problems. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. But it doesn't matter. When we come in here, we all just fit right in here together. And God is the glue that holds us together. The supernatural glue and the supernatural power of God that holds us together. Because, see, there's power 
in what you say. There's power, see, in activating God's word out of your mouth. See, we can tell you to say it. We can tell you that it's true. But you're going to have to say it yourself. There's some things that need to come out of your mouth over your life and over some situations to break some things once and for all. I'm telling you, there's power. There's power. There's power in Jesus Christ, and he lives in you and me. I want you to stand up today as a declaration. And we're going to declare an activation is going to happen here today. A release of the activation of the power of the living God is going to be activated in your life. I don't care if you've known Jesus for one day or if you've known him for 50 years. God said it's time for you to walk in and experience and know my love like never before. God said, there's a bigger place. There's a better place that I want to take you. But you're going to have to start seeing some things and acting like that we serve a limitless God, a loving God, a powerful God. Because God wants to take you. Because remember, remember, where he's taking you is not just for you. Where he's taking you is for others. See, there's people that are attached to you that you don't even know their names yet. You've never even seen their faces. And some you'll never know till you get to heaven. And you stand. You stand in front of God. And he says, well done, my faithful servant. Turn around and look at the seas of people. That your life, that your obedience, that your one prayer, that your one act of kindness brought them into the kingdom of God. It's not just about us. It's about so many that have not heard, that don't know. And I'm telling you, there's an activation coming today. Some of you have been kind of wet, mushy. God's going to bring some resurrection life on you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.